Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Box and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you are not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. Rope bondage is a risky activity, and you shouldn't attempt it without first getting proper training. Listen to episode zero if you haven't already. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. This episode is made possible by our patrons who support us each month. If you would like to help, head to ropepodcast.com to see many options. This year, we want to focus on bringing the Rope Podcast to a wider audience. To achieve that, we would like to ask you to follow us on Instagram and reshare this episode in your Instagram stories. We are Rope Podcast on Instagram. Another thing that helps us is if you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's anonymous, so you won't have your name visible on the internet connected with a kinky podcast. Don't worry. And now going on with the show. Maya, the year is 2023 now, but we're not going to stay in 2023 today. We are going to visit the future. Future, future, future. So we're going to kick off the new Raw podcast season with a bit of a crazy episode today. What are we focusing on, folks? We are putting our sci-fi hats on and we're going to talk about what rope bondage could become in the future. Okay, so the uh, late management guru, Peter Drucker, who is someone in my world, said, trying to predict the future is like trying to drive down a country road at night with no lights while looking out the back window. That sounds dangerous. So we're going to have a go despite that. Okay, so what you're saying, Maya, is most of what we're going to say today is probably going to be wrong. Uh, we are making some speculative predictions based on our understanding of rope and some of the trends coming, and some of it we're just making up. But that's fun. Absolutely. So where are we going to start? We are going to start with extended reality. Ooh. And in that, we include virtual reality and augmented reality. Hmm, okay, and what's actually the difference between those? Because many of our listeners might not know. Okay, so in virtual reality, you are projecting yourself into a different world. Mm -hmm. And the place you're physically in doesn't matter. You can be having goggles on, you can be lying on the bed with electrodes plugged into your brain. That doesn't matter. What Everything happens in the virtual environment. Okay. And then what about augmented reality? Augmented reality is another layer you add on top of what's happening in the physical world. So you're walking down the street and you see some extra information, some extra graphics. Like Pokemon, uh, was it Pokemon Go, the one where you go out with your phone? Yeah, exactly like Pokemon Go. That's a very good example of augmented reality. All right, so how can virtual reality and augmented reality impact the future of rope bondage? Well, you could use it to practice and learn rope technique. Okay, how would that work? Uh, you could be in a virtual rope dojo with a virtual instructor that's showing you some moves and you are reproducing them with whatever input device your virtual reality set has. So. Maybe it tracks your finger position and it corrects your finger technique and things like that. Okay. And we can have like ha that haptic feedback that um, tells you if you're in the wrong place. Haptic feedback would certainly be super useful for rope. 
some kind of gloves maybe like all kinds of things could do that or just plugging directly into your central nervous system uh, you could also use that to play with a computer controlled partner if you don't have someone to do rope with maybe the computer could be that someone okay or you could actually play with other humans remotely right absolutely like now there's a lot of playing video games online with friends or with strangers with matchmaking services and you could have the same thing for rope bondage in a virtual world mm. and i wondered whether or who would be the first online rope studio so the metaverse is very uh, uh, trendy as a term at the moment this idea of the immersive internet or web 3.0 and so i was thinking it would be fascinating to have the first online rope studio Yeah, I think it would come with many challenges in figuring out the best way to teach rope in extended reality, but it would be fascinating because that means anyone with an internet connection and the proper hardware could get rope lessons from anywhere. And from a data perspective, uh if you have things like rope apps because there's not really very many rope apps at the moment, it might be able to track the number of scenes, the kind of rope you do, um showing your rope intent like just from um a bottom up way rather than top down so i've done 100 scenes and it turned out that my rope intent in 60% of them was actually uh sensuality and so you would know from what you actually do rather than from your predictions yeah that's part of the trend of the quantified human and that is something very interesting like what can you now measure with the help of technology and what will you be able to measure in the future and you could even track your heartbeat your blood pressure your hormone levels throughout the scene and that would give you all kind of interesting insight yeah because as a top you're very interested in what your bottom uh gives you in terms of feedback but this would give you a different type of data as a top like how much of an impact did my rope have on my bottom's heartbeat absolutely and at what point in me tying my tk did they fall asleep <laughs> now now so what's next uh another one another one in extended reality which i quite like is a concept borrowed from cyberpunk literature and that is the brain dance and that is the idea that one person lives an experience in the real world and they have some kind of implant in their brain that's like a vcr that's recording the experience and then you can distribute that file to other people who are going to be able to relive that experience so another form of rope entertainment you want to know what it's like to be tied by kinoko well this bottom has that recording device in her brain and she goes and gets tied by Kinoko and then sells you the file and you can relive that experience as if you were her. Okay, so you could learn as well from that. There's both a an entertainment aspect and also potentially an educational aspect. Cuz you could be put yourself into a Tifereth performance as the top, as Tifereth and learn how she does that amazing fast rope handling. Man, I want to do that. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really want to share our love of rope to as many listeners as possible, and for that we need your help. Please go to Instagram and follow our account Rope Podcast, then reshare this episode in your stories. Show your love of rope and help others discover it too. Okay, so what else do we have in the future of rope bondage? We have robots and androids. Okay, what does that what would they do? Uh well, they could be uh, practice bottoms. 
Mm, so instead of those blow up dolls we have or sofa cushions, I've seen many sofa cushions tied in chest harnesses. Mm, and gym equipment. I spent my first year as a rigger tying gym equipment. Oh, and those giant water bottles as well. You would be able to practice with a more humanoid partner. Mm -hmm. With more realistic joints and anatomy. And it could like warn you if you're getting a bit too close to its radial nerve. Mm -hmm. Although it's challenging because every human has slightly different radial nerve patterns. So um, there's some cautions there as well. Like you, if you learned on a humanoid partner and then assumed that everyone was the same, you'd have to be a bit cautious. Well, you can be a bit cheeky and either map the nervous system of a given partner if you're practicing for a nervous partner and then upload that into the robot or even ask the robot to randomize its nerve patterns every time within the range of what's possible in humans. Okay, so that kind of leads on to the idea of the future of medicine and how that connects with rope bondage. So mapping out nerves for a scene on the skin, um, definitely something we would find very useful and interesting. What else could medicine do for the future of rope bondage? Well, medicine could certainly help us with healing when we sustain injuries in rope. We are pretty certain at this point that rope bondage causes a lot of nerve injuries, either acute injuries or cumulative injuries over doing rope for a long time. And that's sad. And we would like to minimize that. But if medicine advances to a point where it can heal nerve injuries, that's going to be tremendously useful to all rope people everywhere. So we might start doing TKs? We would absolutely start tying TKs when we get those tanks from Star Wars that look like a shower stall full of green liquid and you put the person in it and the next day they're like all better. Ah, okay, like a healing bath. Yeah, there's a special name for it. If we have Star Wars fans listening today, please put in the comments the name. It's a something something tank, but I can't remember the right name. All right, and we talked a bit about monitoring vital signs and we talked about um, datification as well. I would love to see better data on nerve injuries and what the most dangerous aspects of rope are. I'd love to see more data on cumulative rope injuries, like what actually happens if you're someone who does rope for a long time. I'm very interested in that. But we also might be able to tap into the trend for longevity, which um, is a major health focus I was reading about in the States, that rather than focusing on exercising for losing weight, people are focusing on exercising for living longer. Mm -hmm. And remaining functional for a longer time. Exactly, exactly. So if we have bodies that are um, functional and can do all the things we can do at 30, 40, whatever, that would enable us to do rope for much longer as we age. And in fact, we're going to have a couple episodes that are relevant to that this season, including one on how to do strength training for rope, which will help you do rope for longer as you age. Hmm. There's also something around genetics and body modification. So how might we include that? Oh, that is a rabbit hole that goes very deep because in the far future where we can manipulate our genetics, we can change our bodies to be however we want them. And there's different directions that could take. One that I would like less is if it leads to excessive standardization. And that's kind of what we're seeing with um, cosmetic surgery at the moment. Most people who get cosmetic surgery are kind of after the same look. And so if people just rewrite their genetics to all look the same, that would be slightly boring to me. What 
Mm, yeah, I would rather that is a tool that is used by people to express their individuality. Like I'm tall because I want to be tall. I chose to be tall. I'm short because I like being short. I think it's cute. I want to be big. I want to be small. I want to be muscular. I want to be skinny. Like, And you can go post-human with it and say, oh, I want to have blue skin. I want to have blue hair. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to have markings like a leopard. So that's the kind of transhuman piece where we become more than what we have as ourselves right now. I like that very much, as you know. All right. Um, and then linking to that a bit, we have software. So I guess we talked a bit about some of the technology. How else might software help us? You could think of having engineering software specific for rope that would help you design ties. And it could do things like a mechanical analysis of the loads in your tie. Like, oh, you're having so much pressure on the chest here, so much on the leg. And you could like kind of come up with new suspension or transition sequences and so on using that software. What will happen if... Mm -hmm. Will my bottom break into if I do that? Exactly. Rather than having to uh, let the bottom test it out for you. Yeah. Uh, I would also enjoy having specific software for planning rope photo shoots. How might that work? Having like a 3D model of my bottom and then planning, okay, my light's going to be here. My camera's going to be there. I'm going to have this angle. The tie's going to look like that. I enjoy planning photo shoots and having better software to support me in that activity would be fun. So this is about representing reality in the software that you use. So that could link back to augmented reality or virtual reality, or that could just be a program on your computer. Yeah, it could just be a normal program on the computer. And if I'm being honest, today in 2023, I already have a low-key version of that on my computer, but I would like something more dedicated to rope bondage. Your version of Maya in that is not quite as accurate as it could be. Yeah, yeah, and my representation of rope isn't, and like it, it could bear a lot of improvement, and maybe in the future we'll have that software. One area that I find really fascinating is better systems to connect rope people, both um, at a local level and an international level. Yeah, so here we're tapping more into the social aspects of software, like social networks and so on. And one challenge with rope bondage is finding the right partner or partners to do it with and having better way to connect with people and having better ways to vet people would be really interesting. And in particular to vet people, it's really critical what kind of information you're basing your vetting on. And also a challenge of vetting can be human bias. Like I'm asking for an opinion on this rigger I want to tie with, except the person I'm asking doesn't like this person for personal reason, well, they're likely to give me information that's very biased, right? Whereas if you have an artificial intelligence doing the vetting, you could expect more objectivity and more averaging of the opinions of tens or hundreds of people to hopefully arrive at something that's more representative of what the person is like. I think that's the dark side of some of the datification aspects that you might end up collecting a lot of information and depending on where that information comes from and how many sources you've collected it from, you might become very static and stuck in a particular persona. I think that there's something important there about still having datification allowing for growth of human beings. So forgiveness, compassion, mercy 
change. Yeah, and you could do that by introducing a recency effect in your algorithm and making the last year of data have a higher weight than the five years before, which gives people an opportunity to change and not be stuck because we accumulated five years of being bad at doing uplines. Uh, the flip side of that, I think, is the privacy part. So right now, uh, our data can be everywhere on the Internet. So if you put up a photo, you cannot be certain um, that it won't end up, as one of mine was, on some random person's Instagram feed uh, and you scroll across it. Yeah, so you, you had uh, photos stolen from your private fet life and used by someone for commercial purposes, probably. Mm. And we we don't put our faces up on um, the internet, but it's interesting to see maybe privacy could be helped by digital trends. Yeah, so there's an area of computing called DRM, Digital Rights Management, which is trying to make it difficult to copy content or access content when you're not the owner of it. So if that was to develop to a point where it actually works, which so far, let's be fair, it doesn't really, uh, it would be very helpful to protecting your identity and pr protecting the intellectual property of rope pictures, rope videos you produce. You could even, if we're being a bit funny, uh, use things like blockchain and NFT to um, protect the authorship of a certain tie. In the rope scene, we often have debates, oh, who came up with this tie? Who invented the double reverse angel goat wing tie? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, look at the blockchain. It's this person who did it first or made it public first. Not that I think it's very important, but, I mean, for people who care, they could do that. There's some very day-to-day um, -day aspects that could come in the future as well. So uh, transportation uh, become easier and free. Mm -hmm. Tends to get easier and cheaper over time, right? Yeah, and so that might enable us to go further places more quickly and visit more Rob Studios. Mm -hmm. Ironically, lately with COVID, it's kind of moved in the opposite direction, I guess. Mm, it has, it has. Uh, and then there's the payment side. So it might be cash-free. So uh, we've certainly had to root for the right money at our local rope share many times because there's no change. But maybe with micropayments and payment by phone and QR code, um, you won't have to do that. Yeah, and a bigger democratization of crypto might mean you don't need to reveal your vanilla identity when you're paying someone in electronic form. Because today we could use QR codes in Thailand to transfer money for a rope jam, but that would mean all the vanilla identity of all the people who'd be known, and that's not something we would be super comfortable with. Mm. Changes in work um, at a societal level could also have some impacts on our rope. So how might you see that um, happening? Well, the more we have robots and artificial intelligences doing the work, the more free time humans should have. We can imagine a society in which we work much less and we have much more leisure time, and that means more time to do rope. In fact, 100 companies in the UK, big companies, are currently doing an experiment for the year of a four-day week. So the British government are trying to get that as something that's more common. So that would be an example of that happening. I think there's also going to be uh, more what they call digital nomads, so people who move between countries and work remotely. And whether that's working remotely for one day a week or the whole week or all the time, 
that's going to mean that more people travel. Um, so something like 36.2 million Americans are going to work remotely by 2025. And so that change in our location is going to mean more rope tourism, more mixing of rope scenes, more free flow of creative ideas, more changes in consent practices. So rather than a scene becoming very uh, rigid. So I've often heard people talk about this idea of, OK, well, when you go to this area, you know, every rope jam is very similar. You might get more flexibility and creativity. That would be nice. And also it will become more important to have the right tools to connect with local communities as you travel and find what the ropes have. Uh, but hopefully in the future, rope will also be more accepted by the mainstream and won't have to be so underground. Mm, mm. Uh, that would be very pleasant. And it might bring us new types of rope intent. I think that new types of rope might exist. So that could be something like, no, I'm just making these up. Uh, speed rope, you know, speed rope could become a thing or rope exercise, rope exercise. That's exactly the kind of thing that's happened with things like pole dancing. Um, so it could become uh, something in gyms. Okay, that would be cool. I would be I would be down for that, being able to do rope at the gym. Uh, another thing where I'm hopeful, another area, is communication. Because I struggle sometimes with the language barrier when uh, meeting, let's say, potential rope partners at a party, and they're coming from Hong Kong, and English isn't their main language and isn't mine either. And so if we had some kind of, like, better translation real-time thingy bob it would babelfish it would allow us to understand each other better in the short time we have at the party before we start tying together and that would be really great and then we could finally have what the japanese masters have had for centuries clearly which is the ability to mind read our partner yeah i, I mean pros and cons of that as a bottom but i guess um I guess there could be some uh, benefits in being able to at least project your thoughts to the other person. Yeah, some kind of nonverbal communication that you can use during a rope scene. Mm -hmm. I think there's something around um, sensorial experience as well. So this is a big trend in uh, health and wellness at the moment. So people might have seen videos on AMSR. Um, rope combines quite well with that, both in terms of the sounds. So I've certainly had a rigor uh, in the last month, actually, do a lot of scrunching the rope against it next to my ear. So that's a kind of AMSR sound. You could actually have a whole um, video of that. And as well as sound and sound therapy, you, you could have different types of uh, music, like binaural music. Uh, depending on whether you're anxious or tired, you could add in more smells. So at the moment, I've had a few people who've dyed their rope with some kind of scent. Um, a bit hit and miss, I would say, um, but maybe you could have more changing uh, aspects of senses, like different smells. How do you see the environment evolving in the future, Maya, and how might that impact rope? So sustainability is a huge trend. It's part of... And sustainability is how long the person can stay in suspension, right? No. Sustainability is about um, how long do things last in our environment, protecting our environment. And a lot of big com companies um, are in 
including this as a big agenda item for them. And that means that probably the smaller companies that make our rope and our play gear, especially given a lot of us are already perhaps a bit more alternative than the mainstream in a variety of ways, are likely to be influenced by that. And I think we're going to become more and more aware of the supply chain and choose our play gear uh, in part based on this. Okay. What about sex? What, what is the future of sex? Um, sex trends at the moment are very much about personalization in sex toys. Um, and that is likely to give us more toys that work with rope. So no more tying that vibrator and your poor bottom crying with uh, frustration, unless, of course, that's part of your scene. And so there can be more personalization in terms of both um, the individual, maybe they bring their own sex toy that fits them perfectly, um, and also creating sex toys that really work around rope. So that's one aspect. And then also I hope for more conversation around contraception and testing, in part because of the Roe versus Wade uh, judgment in America. People, obviously now you can't get um, an abortion, in some areas, you are more likely to be focused on uh, contraception and making sure that you don't um, have that challenge in the first place. Okay, and for STI testing, you could like put your fingerprint on your phone screen and it would tell you right away if you're clear or not. And that if you detect a health problem earlier, it would be very useful, right? Yeah. And even with um, the online health testing, so being able to send in a blood sample, not having to go to a clinic, which has happened in the last um, few years, uh, there's been something like a 500% increase in sexual health testing in the States since uh, 2020, which is incredible. So imagine if you can just do it at home with a simple, cheap device, then you yeah. could do it before any date, basically, like make sure you don't have any STIs at the moment and share your STI status with your uh, partner. Mm -hmm. What about the rope itself? Is there anything that might change about that? Oh, yes, I'm very excited about that, Maya. I think um, material science can bring us many different new kinds of rope with a lot of potential. Uh, it could increase the resistance of rope, so we don't have upline breaks as much, for instance. It could produce ropes that feel different on the skin, even rope that include chemicals that have certain properties when rubbing into the skin, so that could be uh, very fun. So rather than having to put the wasabi on the rope yourself, you uh, can get some pre... <laughs> Uh, and the thing I would be most excited for, actually, would be smart rope. Rope including some kind of sensors or nanomachines in it, which could do things like tighten itself to the perfect tension on its own or have a quick release button where the rope just falls off if you have an emergency or monitor your bottom or detect that it's getting too close to a nerve. Like smart rope could be basically magic rope from fantasy, right? So like um, a smartwatch measures your heartbeat, you could have your rope measure or your vital sign. Absolutely. Or you could even, if you're a, a person who wants to be in rope and doesn't have or doesn't want the top, have smart rope where you press a button and the rope ties itself onto your body. Whoa. Okay. Um, I also like the idea of being able to 3D print uh, your rope, your toys, um, anything you wanted. You know, if you wanted a new um, carabiner, you could print one to the design that you had. Yeah, okay. The Star Trek fabricator. Yeah. Uh, 3D printing is coming on a lot. 
That's very exciting. So, wow. A lot of ideas, Maya. I hope the future comes soon and it sounds really fun. It definitely does. And of course, there's not a way to know for sure what the future is going to bring in terms of technological and social and health and wellness advances. Um, but I think we showed that there's lots of room for um, evolution and play and fun and creativity. Mm, and I think it's very fair to say that Rob Bondage is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Certainly on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dear listeners, if you have other ideas about the science fiction of rope that we didn't talk about today, please, please, please come share them in the comments for this episode and we will be so delighted to read them. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs>